Welcome to Bible Studies for Life for Adults. I'm Lynn Pryor, joined with my co-host, Chris Johnson. Chris, it's good to be with you again for yet another podcast. Well, you know, Lynn, we just are cranking these out. It seems like uh, we're at the end of another uh, study, and it just seems like yesterday that we were talking about the end of the last study. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I am glad that Christina Zimmerman is joining us again for this podcast. Christina Zimmerman uh, works at Lifeway with Chris and I. She is the content editor for the U Bible Study Curriculum. And if you're not familiar with the U, Hang on to the end of our podcast. Christine and I are going to talk about this unique curriculum that's especially geared for urban African-American audiences. But it all ties in with what we're doing in Bible Studies for Life. So we'll talk about that in a, in a, as we get to the uh, close of our study together. Christina, how long have you been at LifeWay? I have been at LifeWay altogether maybe 14 years. Wow. There was a moment a few years where I was not there. So I worked for maybe about 12 years, no, no, 13 years or something like that. And I've just recently returned. So I've been there now for about six months. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, Christine and I go back, uh, help me out, Christina, probably 20, 22 years we've known each other, maybe longer than that. Long time. Yes. Right. So, uh, and since that time I first met Christina, she has gone on and got her master's degree. And her doctorate, or yeah, your doctorate is in education, is that correct? My doctorate is in Christian education, yes. So uh, she is well uh, well equipped to be leading uh, this uh, U curriculum, and uh, certainly well equipped to be sitting here at the table with us, Chris, talking. Well, we are uh, in our final session of the uh, unit called All In, and throughout the last seven weeks, six weeks, this is the seventh week, we've been talking about having an all-in commitment to Christ, to being a follower of Jesus, to being obedient to his teachings and his commands, and try to look at what it means to be a follower of Christ with that all-in perspective from a lot of different uh, uh, viewpoints. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to turn the page a little bit today and, and talk about being um, committed to the mission of Jesus uh, that he gives to his people. But in the introduction uh, to to this session, uh, I was fascinated that to to some with some of the statistics uh, that our, our writer shared with us. He said that in 2017, over 4,000 people uh, were involved in search and rescue incidents in national parks. I thought that was incredible. 4,000 people needed that kind of help where there was a search and rescue in the national parks. And Chris, that was just the national parks that's true i didn't think about it from that perspective (laughs) but he said they have they spent in in 2017 they spent over three million dollars searching uh for people who were lost and uh did a great job of of making the transition from that all in all out concern to find someone who is lost uh in a national park uh, that it, it becomes a high priority and we're, we're using all of these resources to find someone. Um, and in the ch- with the reminder that in the church, that's, that's our assignment. That's our task to search, to seek for those who are spiritually lost, to be, to make all out efforts uh, to, to seek after uh, the lost, to find them and to bring them to Christ. 
Sure. So we're going to be uh, focused on this idea of a spiritual search and rescue. The idea that God desires all people to hear and respond to the gospel. Uh, so before we jump into the passage, uh, we asked the question, uh, and I think all of our lines, what's, what's your response when you lose something? And so we, what we try <laughs> to do with these discussion questions is uh, tr- try to, to, to start the process with, with something that connects to the lesson that, that's a softball, that's easy for people uh, to talk about. So uh, I know uh, yesterday uh, my wife was telling me about something she'd seen online that uh, helped people find their keys. Uh, you, you put a device uh, on your key ring and you have a, a app on your phone so that when you can't find your keys, you, you can search for it through this app on your phone. And so my wife that, thinks it's a great idea. <laughs> she's looking at this for you, I bet, right? <laughs> well, so actually, we search for her keys more than mine, and they're usually in her purse. <laughs> and then, but this, this particular device had a reverse element. So if you had your keys and you couldn't find your phone, <laughs> it helped you to find your phone as well. So That's great. Well, you know, just go, go ahead, Christina. I would think, too, that whatever is lost, your response would be uh, based on the value. Good point. An item that is lost. See, and you just said that keys are something that's really, really important. So you need something to help you find that. But if I've lost um, maybe a sock in the washer, you know, that's, that doesn't matter to me because, you know, socks are easy to come by. But if I lost my wedding ring down the drain, then I would yeah. definitely pull that apart to get that wedding ring out. So I think the same is related to us. You know, God values people. And so he's done something really amazing to make sure that we are found and all people are found. Right. So as we join in this, then this spiritual search and rescue, the beauty is as we have an opportunity to talk to people who are spiritually lost, it's not a profound, and I don't always word profound. It's, it's a wonderfully profound, but it's not difficult to understand message. Uh, in Romans 10, Paul said it this way, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. And you see, the message of Christ is summed up right there, confession and belief together. Two simple things, and not necessarily steps. Right. They are two things that has to be done if we are going to receive the salvation that God has for us. And Christina, uh, in fact, I had a, a someone sent me a letter about this recently. Which one comes first? Do you believe first and confess? And he was insistent there was one that came before the other. In other words, like they were two-step process. I would argue these are two sides of the same coin. In fact, as Paul even did it here, he first talked about confess and then believe. In the next verse, he talked about you believe, then you confess. Uh, but they go hand in hand. I think that's a good point, Lynn. I think I think what you believe uh, is tied to what you confess. Um, and um, I, I appreciated the fact that, that that there's that emphasis on confessing Jesus is Lord. Um, I I. Um, 
I think it's something that we probably need to highlight more when we're talking about evangelism and conversion, uh, that we're talking about the reality that Jesus is the Son of God and God raised him from the dead and he is alive. Uh, all that he did for us uh, by his death and resurrection. But we still, we still need to do, uh, I think, a better job of helping people understand when you, when you make this decision, he is Lord. You're confessing him as Lord. And we need to talk about what that means for our lives. That means he's in control, that he's, he calls the shots, that he's the boss. And um, I, I, I think we need to be pretty straightforward about those realities when we're talking about evangelism to someone who, who is um, trying to make that a very, very important decision. Right. There's that sense of, as Jesus said, to count the cost. Yep. Yeah. You know, and one other point I think that is made here is that the belief is in the heart. Good. And it's not just words that we say or something that happens in our mind, but it takes place. There's an emotional uh, change or connection that we have with, with God when we believe and when we confess. If it's not in the heart, then we may not, it may not be a genuine uh, salvation sure. that results from our, our confession. Yeah, Christina, that takes us way beyond just the words that we utter. Um, it's As you said, it's the heart of the matter. Yeah. Just because well, I uttered some words after a preacher doesn't mean I, I have salvation. Well, and sometimes we, we approach the whole dynamic of evangelism and follow up to it to be sure that people have the facts right that they answer the questions correctly. And Christina's point that believing in the heart is, is, is a strong way to say that this isn't just checking off a checklist or saying, uh, I believe the right things. It's that we believe in him and that we've confessed him as Lord and that um, uh, our lives, we know that our lives are going to be changed forever because we've made this decision uh, to, confess Jesus as Lord by believing in, in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And the beauty of this is, as simple it is, is as it is, it's for all people. He, he goes on and says in verse 11, for the scripture says, and here he's quoting Old Testament prophets, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a message for everybody. Absolutely. And I think that that's encouraging for people who may think of themselves different or see other people as different. That this is, there's no color line, no uh, dividing wall at all when it comes to being saved. That's right. This, this is beneficial for us with Bible Studies for Life because it's we, we have Bible Studies for all ages of people. So we understand that we want everybody to hear this message and to respond to it. I think it has a, a missionary appeal to it that it's, it's for all people everywhere. Um, so from a, from a, 
in in our in our culture perspective it's for all of the different people that are in the culture that we live in but it's for all of the people of the world and uh, i think there's some i think there's some strong appeal from a missions perspective on this emphasis that this is for everyone yes and you know christianity some one things that often gets criticized for is Jesus is the only way to the Father. Where you're being so exclusive. But what we're seeing here is that the gospel, yes, it's exclusive in the sense it's only through Jesus, but it's inclusive in the sense of it doesn't matter who you are. You can, you can believe and confess and accept that truth. It's for everybody. That's right. Right. I love that. Now, when you now it's going to kind of come home to us who are already believers. As you get into verse fourteen, we say, "Well, that's great. Everybody can accept Jesus if they believe and they confess. It's open for all." But verse fourteen, but how then can they call on Him they have not have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about Him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? And there's this. It's bringing it back to us that we have a responsibility to share that message of salvation. Well, I think in our groups, people would will universally agree uh, with the statement, people need the Lord. Right. And uh, this is a great opportunity for us to talk about, well, if people need the Lord, what's going to be our part in seeing to it that they hear the message and have the opportunity to respond to the good news of Jesus and his love for us. Um, so um, I think, I, I think that sometimes people get are too quick to say, well, that's the preacher's job. That's the clergy's job um, to, to share the gospel. And this is one of those passages that reminds us that uh, we all have a responsibility in, in going and sharing the gospel. You know, Chris, that's exactly my testimony when it comes to going because there was a time when I believed that it was everybody else's job sure. except mine to go out to evangelize to share my faith and I stood on that you know I, I even taught it as a Christian education principle until I heard um, a message and God convicted me all all the way down to my toes. <laughs> it was something that he wanted everyone to do, and that is to go out and share your faith, whether it's uh, outside your front door in your neighborhood or across the ocean. And so the first thing I did was I signed up for a mission trip. After mm. that. And that mission trip changed my life. From that moment on, I began to understand the reason that this is for everyone because when you share your faith and you see the transition that takes place in the lives of people who accept Christ, then you understand why and how God uses you. I mean, people began to receive Christ right in front of me and you can see their whole countenance change. Wow. That's the work of God through us to, uh, to help people to, to believe or to become Christians. Appreciate you sharing your story. So let's just remember as we go through the study throughout it, 
underscore that we got to remember God desires for all people to hear and respond to the gospel, but he has a role for us in that. Good word. Good, good, good reminder for us as a way to close this session. So again, we want to thank you for listening to this podcast, Bible Study for Light, Bible Studies for Life for Adults. And uh, we, we do this for you. We hope it's beneficial to you. Hope that there are, there are some things that happen where you hear a, a word from someone like Christina who says, you know, my life was changed when I heard this message and when I acted on it, uh, everything changed for me when I knew it was a part of my responsibility to go and to share. So thanks, Christina, for sharing that. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we, we want to let Lynn talk a little bit about uh, uh, Christina's role at Lifeway with, uh, as the content editor for you. And uh, we want you to know a little more about that curriculum. So Lynn's going to lead that conversation. And then I think Christina has a tip for us as well. Sure. And uh, I just uh, want to talk about the, the you curriculum. That is, it's, it's a partnership with Bible Studies for Life. You is uh, primarily for the urban audience. It's primarily for African-American churches. And if you ever pick up a copy, you go look, and I'll tell you about where you can see a sample in a moment. But you look at that, you can tell that's who that's for. Christina leads the work on that, but it's a partnership with what we do with Bible Studies for Life. Uh, Christina, just what, what to you stands out to you makes you so unique in what it does? Well, you is a, a wonderful curriculum, and I, I love it. I fall in love with it. Uh, I, I, have, I feel like I'm privileged to be able to work on it. It's a very simply user-friendly resource. Uh, on the cover, you will find picture, a picture of real people. These are not just clip art or uh, bought graphics, but real people will be featured on the cover and a brief bio of that person will be on page four of the curriculum. As Lynn mentioned, you is connected to Bible Studies for Life. So that means you follows the same discipleship plan. And you learners will study the topics in eight different areas of Christian growth every year. Now, there are other features in you that may be a little different from Bible Studies for Life. You has a feature called Did You Know? This feature is, uh, provides historical facts, and current trends that are related to African-American, the African-American audience. And these facts are connected to the lesson. Also, we have daily readings, uh, five devotionals that will help the leaders and the learners to increase their intimacy with and obedience to God. And the U curriculum is two resources in one. It has a learner guide as well as a leader guide. So those are the main features there, Lynn. But I, I, you know, I also point out that because it's connected to Bible Studies for Life, there are resources that are available to the U audience, Advanced Bible Study and Herschel Hobbes Commentary. And now the leader pack can be used by, by leaders to uh, offer some teaching support. So there's really the idea that if you have a class at your church, or and, and it could be your group that's primarily African-American, uh, they, they may enjoy the studies in Bible Studies for Life, but they could switch over to this, get the same 
studies like we've just been doing on commitment, but it's, uh, it's geared, the, the questions, especially the, the teaching plans, it's geared for application of stuff within an African-American context. Now, that's the beauty of it for me. Uh, it really does have a good magazine feel to it. For some of us who at Bible Studies for Life will use a personal study guide, you has that, that, that feature. Some of us in Bible Studies for Life use a daily discipleship guide. That's the beauty of you. It also has that feature. It's all kind of packaged there together. Christina, I'll just tell you this. I think you're doing a wonderful job in crafting this uh, for us. Now, let's turn this around, Christina, and you just give us a real quick teaching tip. This is one that's quick and I think is very relevant. Um, because of the pandemic, a lot of the Sunday school classes have had to go online. And I believe that it's these Zoom meetings and Zoom Bible studies and online groups are going to continue even beyond the pandemic. But if the people who are in the Bible study classes are like me, then they will be a little intimidated because okay. I'm intimidated by these uh these online groups. So here are three things that can help you to boost the confidence in your online Sunday school class or Bible study, the confidence of the people who are in the, the meetings. Teachers, call on a specific leader to answer a specific question. Mm. You know, by asking that person to respond, you know, you're just kind of throwing the question out there, not just to the group, but this person. And then you can even identify a person say, and say, I'm coming to you next with the same question. Get ready. <laughs> okay. The second Good. thing, send questions to the group members in advance of the Bible study. So put your email or your text messaging to work and get them ready to be a part of the conversation. They get some time to think about it. Really give yes. them a chance. It mm. gives them time to think about it right then. And then the third thing Use dead time to evoke a response. Yeah. If learners don't respond to your questions right away, don't let silence intimidate you or them. And most importantly, don't answer your own questions. <laughs> yeah. Ask your question, wait 15 to 20 seconds, take a sip of coffee and relax, and then I promise you that someone in your group will be more uncomfortable with the silence and they'll answer your question. <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah, Christina, that is valuable. I think even for groups that are f physically in the room together, but there's an added element when you're doing it through Zoom, that there's a little bit of a disconnect. So that pause, I think, as you said, is critical. Just yeah. give them time. Thank you for that. Well, listen, Christina, we thank you for being with us today and for telling us some more about you and for your participation in this conversation in the podcast. Great job. Thanks for being with us. Sure. Uh, thank you for listening to Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. Uh, we hope that this is a valuable resource for you, that you make it a, a regular part of, of uh, your uh, listening pleasure through podcast and hope that you'll recommend this podcast to people maybe who are in your group or people that you know and thank you again for being with us today